Welcome to Self-Published Success, a show catered specifically to the innovators and entrepreneurs who sought creative control over their titles, chose self-publishing over traditional, and found overwhelming success in the process. In this show, we will introduce these risk takers and ask them a variety of questions. Why did you choose self-publishing? What were your results? And most importantly, what are some secrets to success? Self-published success is designed to get your creative juices flowing, to get you energized and excited for the road to authorship ahead. So sit back, grab your trusted pen and notepad, and get ready to gain tips that will help you along your own self-publishing journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Published Success, a show that highlights forward-thinking authors who chose self-publishing over traditional and found success in doing so. My name is John Feldman, founder of Visionary Literary and your host for today's show. Our guest today is Steve Miller. Meetings and Conventions Magazine calls Steve the idea man for his unconventional, edgy, no-spin approach to marketing and branding. He is the author of eight books, including two bestsellers, his latest being Uncopyable, How to Create an Unfair Advantage Over Your Competition. Steve is also the husband of our former guest, Kay Miller. And today he is here to offer ways in which you can create an unfair advantage over your competition. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I appreciate it very much. Um, you know, my smoking hot wife, Muffler Mama Kay, said you were great. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she's listening, she'll be happy to hear that you complimented her. It's it's what I call her. <laughs> well, tell uh, when I that was such a brief introduction. Uh, before we hit record and going back before as I was reading up on you and we were having conversations, there's so much. Um, your background is so extensive. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about you, um, about your background, everything you do, and then what got you into eventually writing the first But you book. want me to start with my dad, right? I do want you to start with your dad because that is very interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because that's kind of where this whole thing, everything started was- Okay. Um, uh, and I'll just I'll I'll keep this as short as possible. Back in the late fifties, early nineteen sixties, uh, Chrysler had a car with a turntable in it. Now, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> it was a record player, right? And uh, uh, you know, you know, records are you know these round black things, and you put them on a turntable, and you put a needle on it, and then it spins around. Well, uh, and it's great. You know, it was great. It was a, a, a you know a great technology, but you couldn't take it anywhere. And um, so somehow Chrysler got this crazy idea that they could they could build one of those into a car. And so they did. And of course, it sucked. Um, and uh, it was just terrible. And uh, but a guy named Bill Lear, who was the uh, owner of Learjet Stereo or I mean, sorry, Learjet, uh, um, he decided, hey, we could make a better a better thing. And so he went looking for somebody who was an audio audio specialist and he found my dad, Ralph. Ralph Miller down in uh, Southern Indiana. And together they developed the the eight track tape player, which went on to be to just change the music industry, you know, a huge paradigm shift made lots and lots of people, lots and lots of money, except my dad. So that's that's where that started. But he was the co-inventor. <clears throat> and um, and so that was a great um, learning experience. Uh, as I was growing up, uh, later on became much more uh, impactful with my business perspective and, and everything like that. But from there, you know, I, you know, I went to college. I wanted to be a, a play. You know, I wanted to play on the professional golf tour. 
And so I went out there for a couple of years, um, didn't make any money, but I was out there for a couple of years fighting with the other guys and uh, quit that. And uh, my college roommate was from an old Hollywood family. And so he was working as a, a director in Hollywood when I quit. And he said, hey, come and work for me for a while and uh, uh, until you figure out what you want to do. And, and uh, so he took me in when he was directing the TV show Wonder Woman. And um, and he got me into uh, stunt work. And so I became a stuntman for a short while. But <clears throat> there's a saying in Hollywood that there are old stuntmen and there are bold stuntmen, but there there are no old, bold stuntmen. So I realized, you know, that was <laughs> that was not for me. Either. And then, you know, the, the, the path just continued like that. I eventually got into sales and marketing, which is um, all of a sudden I realized, oh, this is where I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know there, it's a long story and th that's that's long enough for right now so. <laughs> well that is, there's so much in there too and again, i'm sure that there even just the hollywood it, the it really what it boils to down to john is that it, it, it you know when you look at the real at the list and and when you look at the list you go oh my gosh like you said extensive background that was very kind of you to say that um <laughs> because really all it boiled down to was that i found out that I was just completely unemployable. So uh, I had to figure out a way to to uh, take care of myself and my family. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that because I've heard and I've mentioned this before recently. In, in the past couple of months, I heard on another podcast um, that entrepreneurial and uh, unemployable mean the same thing. So <laughs> Obviously, yep. you you there's found a lot that. to that. There's yep. a lot to be said for that. Most of us are just misfits. That's what we are. You yeah. Know, so, yeah. well, same here. I'm right there. With I'm you. sure there's a lot listening. Yes. Yeah. Hey, if we're if we're all trying to be writers and authors, there's there's a little bit of that misfit Some, desire. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> so you've had uh, all right. So your background takes you, you. You you went into sales and marketing, and then you went into your own businesses. So you. You have worked for, and on your website, it shows, I'll put it in the show notes and anyone can see, but you've worked with a lot of big names, um, yeah. a lot of big name companies. So what exactly is it that, what did you do once you found that like sales and marketing was your thing and you started to, you started speaking and consulting, like where, where was your kind of like, aha, this is my career moment? Um. <clears throat> Well, I think it was when, uh, well, I would just basically say that I, I was using in the beginning uh, to sell my consulting services as a, a marketing consultant. I I realized that speaking was just an incredible tool yeah. for getting out in front of potential buyers, right? Potential customers. And so I, you know, and I started like, I think most professional speakers, you know, I started speaking at like Kiwanis and Rotaries and, you know, local, uh, you know, clubs like that and small uh, so associations, state associations and stuff who, who really had no budget and they would just, you know, basically pay me a meal or something. And then I would come in and speak and I would hope that somebody would hire me. Okay. And, and I was, I would work with people and I've always had kind of this, uh, um, odd approach. But I think that, that when I say an odd approach to marketing in general, I think it comes from this this very 
wide eclectic background that I have is because I have all this I have I've experienced in professional sports I have experience in Hollywood I've, I've experienced in you know in uh, uh I mean I managed a roller skating rink in uh in Tucson for a while so I mean all these different types of experiences in different industries and so it gave me different perspectives and and when you put that all together you, you kind of see things through different eyes and uh so I would you know I would come up with, you know I'd be working with I was working with somebody who was actually in the uh uh he he uh, was in the cattle, you know, feed industry or something like that. And, um, you know, and I, and I said, oh, you know, this, you know, I, I did this thing back when I was, um, you know, working in Hollywood uh, for, for somebody and, and blah, blah, blah. And we tried that and it, and, and it, and it turned his company around. It just completely turned his company around. And because uh, it was, he was really not doing well. And he wasn't sure that his company was going to survive. And and when he and when he called me and he said, "You saved my company," wow, that was the moment. That wow. was the mo the turning the turning point where I realized I can help people, and I can make a living while I'm doing this. And uh, and 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 it was huge. It was just huge. Kay and I talk about that moment a lot. Yeah, and that's all we would. Anyone who writes nonfiction, you have an idea, you have a way to help. That right there, what you said, that's what we're all looking for. That one right. moment where this, it's this like, is oh. not this is not coffee, by the way. I just want to make sure you know that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're all looking for for that moment, and like that's yeah. it. You found it. You're like, oh my god! Like what? Everything I've put together is actually helping. Actually helping. I can make a living doing this. Love what I do, um, and make an impact. So, fast forward a little bit from there. So you have eight published books. Five right. are self published. Three are traditionally published. Your first book was published by McGraw Hill, yeah, very yeah. big, very big publishing company. So, walk us through that story. How did that happen? Well, yeah. Oh, how did that happen? Well, we actually had a friend of ours, uh, Henriette Clauser, who was a very successful author. She'd written a couple of bestsellers. Her focus is on teaching people how to write, and um, you know, just fantastic uh, author, very successful. And one night, she and her husband were uh, visiting us, having dinner at our house, and she said, "Steve, when are you going to write a book?" You know, and I just kind of, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll write a book, right? And uh, and she said, she said, look, take me, take me into your office. Well, back then, my office was basically a closet in our our apartment, <laughs> you know. And so I take I, I take her in there, and she sees my my collection of books that I've got on my shelf, and she says, uh, pick out pick out your three favorite books. And so I picked out three books, and and um, one of them I think was called um, uh, copywriting or or writing for business or something like that, and. Uh, and she said, uh, so you like this book? I said, yeah. And she said, okay, um, you know, here's the publisher, uh, goes McGraw-Hill. She said, you're going to call him on Monday morning and and you're going to ask who edited this book. You're going to ask to talk to him or her. And when they get on the phone, you're going to say, I have an idea for a book. Uh, and here it is. And would you like to see a proposal? And, 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 I, and I said, okay. And she says, and then you're going to call me and tell me how it went. And uh, I thought, oh, okay. So she's going to hold me to it, right? So Monday morning, I go through this thing, you know, I, I'm just, I trying to get myself to, to, to dial that number was, it just hurt. It was so hard to do. And, you know, and I, and I call and the you know, nice woman, answer, you know, answers. And I ask her the question, you know, do you know who the editor is? Oh yeah, that's uh, so-and-so and Harry, Harry, uh, oh God, I can't remember his last name. Anyway. Oh, Harry Briggs, Harry Briggs. And, uh, and she said, and I said, can I speak to Harry Briggs? And 
she says, oh, sure. And she puts me through and he goes, you know, and, you know, it's just Harry Briggs. And, uh, um, and I say, Mr. Briggs, you know, um, oh, no, I didn't. I said, Mr. Briggs, my name is Steve Miller and I've got, you know, blah, blah. And he says, <laughs> he says, hold on, Steve. He says, uh, I'm actually in a meeting right now. Uh, can I call you right back? And I said, okay. And I gave him my number and hung up and I thought, okay, I'll never hear from this guy ever again. Right. And 10 minutes later, he called me and he said, so what do you got? What idea have you got for me? And I said, uh, I have an idea on trade show marketing. I said, because I'm really, really good at trade show, uh, trade show marketing and, and most companies suck. Would you like to see a proposal? And he said, yes. And he said, when can you get it to me? And I said, I don't know, you know, four weeks. And he goes, sure. And uh, um, somehow I put together a proposal for him. And two weeks after I sent the proposal to him, I had a signed contract for my first book. So, uh, you know, that was just, it was a crazy story, but it worked out being great because it was really the only book in the world that, that really gave the how-tos of trade show marketing. And I came from the background of being in sales and marketing and working with companies. And so it, it went on to be a bestseller in the, you know, in the business category uh, and marketing and, um, you know, and it changed my life, completely changed my life. So, uh, so at that moment, not I, I, I figured out that not only was speaking such a fan, fantastic tool, you know, but the book created so much credibility for me that you know it was it was unbelievable, unbelievable. So and That's then great. yeah, and then we went on and 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 um and then started to figure out the the idea of self publishing because yeah. uh, uh, and if you don't mind me expanding on this just a little bit, but yeah, you know, yeah. I did not see getting published by McGraw Hill as making any money on royalties. Okay. Now the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, this is what, uh, 2023 that we're, we're doing this, this interview. And, and that was 33 years ago that that book was, it's still out. Uh, and I would, and it's, if you go onto Amazon, you will still see how to get the most out of trade shows on, mm -hmm. on, uh, for sale on, on Amazon. Um, please do not buy that book. Now the reason why I say that is is that it's it, it, they had we only did one update on it you know and right. and and so now it's so out of date yeah you know I don't know why they're still selling it but it's so totally out of date I mean I mean I'm predicting this thing called the World Wide Web all right I was predicting it wow and <laughs> in the book and uh, so anyway but uh, but the point being that you know that the I you know I I've, I've made a, a little bit of money off of that off the royalties from that okay but i made i and i you know i hate to say this but this is 100% true but i made i made several million dollars as a result of that book from speaking yeah. and consulting okay and then through that you know i made connections where uh when i wanted to go go to my next book yeah that's where i you know kay and i sat down and i said you know i think i think if we self publish we can actually make money off the book yeah yeah so that's what we did for our next five books we're all self-published and and we oh my gosh we, we sold tens of thousands of that's incredible things. yeah well, yeah that's an incredible story uh just just being able to one just mcgraw hill is a, a big time publisher um so just to be able to say that you were published by them is is a very cool story to say but it also what you've said after that highlights the fact that again, back, back in, you know, 33 years ago, self-publishing wasn't exactly the option that it is now. It's not, it wasn't so widespread. People didn't know about it. It wasn't as simple. It was actually looked down upon. 
Yeah. Yeah. It would seem as amateur, right? And <laughs> exactly. Like you couldn't get a deal, but you already had the deal before and you still chose to pursue self-publishing, even though, again, it wasn't yep. so, you know, drag and drop the way it is now. Amazon, Ingram Spark companies right, right. make it so easy to self-publish now. And it wasn't that way back then, but happy to see that you, that you found the benefits. And one thing you mentioned too, is that it was a tool. Yeah. Whether, whether it was the McGraw Hill book or your own books, it was a tool that got you in front of, it got you in front of people that could be, you know, prospective clients and people that could work with you. Is that how you were able to get like, so, so you did work for, or you worked with, um, with Boeing, um, oh my God, there's so many companies. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much every, yeah, every, every one of those, every one of those big names, uh, um, in the beginning, well, I shouldn't say not, certainly not now, not, not, not in the last, uh, um, 10 years or so, but in the first, in the first 10 years, you know, they were, they all, they all came from the book. They all came wow. from the book. So yeah, I was, I think I, I helped, I was working with Boeing on the, uh, uh, 777, uh, release. Uh, um, and I worked with, uh, oh, I worked with, uh, um, Procter and Gamble on the, um, uh, Swiffer Wetjet introduction wow. back in, back in 2000. I can tell you exactly what year it was too. It was 2001. And, uh, um, because, uh, because our, our whole plan, which, I mean, it worked great. It really, really worked great, yeah. but it right in the middle of our, our introductory campaign was nine 11. And so uh, that that's why I, re I remember the Swiffer wet jet from 2001. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, a lot of the, I mean, pretty much all the companies I was working with back then came out as a result of the book, wow. you know, and, 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 and getting me to people to hire me, hiring me to speak and then getting me to consult for them. Wow. So was it basically the, the, the book being out, did you have some sort of like a PR agent that was reaching out to these companies or was nope. it all? They all came to you based on your speaking or the book itself? Here's. Are you enjoying today's episode and hearing this author's stories? Just think, a few short months or maybe years ago, this author was just like you. They were an aspiring author with a story to tell, listening to podcasts and reading books that could provide the spark needed to begin their authorship journey. But at some point, they had to take a leap of faith and they had to start their project. That leap of faith is what landed them here on our show. You too can be an author, and one day you can be on this very show, but you need to take that leap of faith. Go to www.visionaryliterary.com backslash free book to receive the spark you need to begin your own authorship journey. And here's where, and, and here's the secret sauce. Um, what I realized when I was speaking was that, uh, you know, when I'm, if I'm speaking in front of an, you know, an audience of Rotarians, for example, in Seattle, um, you know, and there might be 200 people in the audience. So I'm like, well, I've got an audience of 200 potential buyers out there. Okay. Um, what I, but then what I found was that if I spoke to a trade association like a state trade association um uh, um yeah you know, i spoke like i spoke for the maryland restaurant association okay and um and as a result of of you know and yes i was in front of a whole bunch of restaurant owners with them but i was also in front of the executive director of the state association okay who had who who knew 
49 other state associations, okay, and was able to connect me with them, where I ended up speaking to, I think, over, I, I think it was like 23 of the other state associations. Wow. And then that connected, and then, then they connected me to the, to the National Restaurant Association, where I then went and spoke at the national convention. And, and then I'm in front of, uh, I'm, you know, then I'm in front of companies, you know, like, like Sara Lee and Pepsi, Pepsi and these guys. And that's where I get these clients. See, and, and th so that's the secret sauce is that if you have, um, if you can find something like a trade association, trade associations to me are, are really the secret sauce of, of speaking and growing your business. If you want to be a consultant uh, and to, and, and, and take my word for it, there is a trade association for everybody. I mean, I, I have spoken, I have spoken and ended up consulting for uh, needlework, needle art, you know, uh, um, and, um, you know, knitting and all, and, and that stuff. Right. And, and, and there's almost, a, and there are tons of state associations for that industry wow. and for, and for those people. And, and I was always just amazed at how many associations there are. There are thousands of associations in the wow. United States. And, uh, and so that was, that was also the secret to how I sold so many self-published books was because ah. once I started getting connections with these guys, I started to realize, you know what? I, I now have an audience for, for books. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and so I, I did this very smart thing. Uh, I've been saying for years, if you can make a connection with an association, like, and, and so like, for example, I will use the association for manufacturing technology in in uh, Washington DC and they own a trade show called the International Manufacturing and Technology Show all right and and they're connected to associations around the world and everything like that and and the 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 show in Chicago has like 100 and over 100,000 people attend attend the show and a couple thousand exhibiting companies and things like that so i, I approached them one time and i said hey um what if we wrote a book uh, a short quick book uh just for your exhibitors, your, your 2000, you know, 20, 2300 exhibitors. Mm. And, um, you know, that will, that you get, you give to them and, and it will teach them how to do a better job of exhibiting, you know, at, at the show. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, happy exhibitors are, ha are happy customers of the association because the exhibitors yeah. pay for this, the darn thing. Right. We all know that. that I mean, it, I mean, if you, if you understand the trade, the trade show world, that's how trade shows make money. It's off the exhibitors. And um, and they said, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea. What would be the topic?" And I said, "I don't know. Uh, how about um, how boothmanship? How a, how a staffer should work the show?" And they go, "That sounds great. Um, how much is going to cost?" I don't know. I said, "But let me get back to you, right?" Yeah. So Kay and I started doing our research on self-publishing. Now this is back long time ago, right? Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, we didn't have this stuff, right? Uh, and um, so. Um, we, we finally figured out how to get it printed, how to, you know, you know, all the stuff you needed to, needed to get. Right. Yeah. And we said, all right, we'll, we will write, I will write a 96 page book. Uh, and, um, and, and we figured out that we could print these books. If we could, if we could, for a thousand books, we could print them for like, I don't know, a two fifty three dollars something like that at that time. And, uh, uh, and I thought, I thought, okay, this book would probably sell for, uh, um, 
you know, eight ninety five, right? Retail for eight ninety five. So I so I go back to the association and I said, if you buy two thousand books, um, I'll sell them to you for uh, four dollars and forty five cents. And you, uh, but you need to pay me a fifty percent deposit up front. Okay. All right. Yeah. They go. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So I get a fifty percent deposit, which more than paid. For printing the book yeah i was already in the black and i had not written word one <laughs> on this book yeah. right and so you know we and so we take that idea for that book and we go around all these other associations because who had trade shows say yeah. the same thing yeah say Smart. the same thing and then and i think that first book we we probably ended up selling like like twenty five thousand copies of that first book you know, at at somewhere between you know four four fifty and maybe six dollars a book, which yeah. was you know a, a discount off of what the retail would be. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, you can go onto Google. I mean, onto Amazon, and you can see some of these books, some of these paper, the, some of these small books. They're still yeah. being you know, they, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, go figure, right? And yeah. uh, um, so 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 we did that five times. Right. Because we and and during that time, you know, I'm still out and I'm still adding more trade associations to my, uh, you know, uh, you you know, to my tribe. And every time I'd get to the trade association, we we would, you know, there's another customer to buy. I mean, even the small ones would buy 500 books. Yeah. So uh, uh, um, I just said I just said this is the smartest thing I have ever thought of in my in my entire life. (laughs) it sounds like it so i I love too how everything seemed to come back full circle right so you you started with the book the book is what got you on the initial book is what got you on stage what got you in front of people what got you networking right and then you started to grow 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 and then you came back to the book and you utilize the book again new books inside of all this networking that you've done over over that that time the span of time so I, right, I, right. I love that. And let Again, me and let me make sure that, that everybody understands. Like the first book, um, I we probably gave away five thousand copies. Right? I did not. I did not expect to make dollar one off of the royalties on that book. Right. Okay. It was my uh, um, business card. It was my yes. marketing material because yeah. when I could hand somebody a book. Yes. And then and if I'm handing a book to somebody, of course, you know, I you know, and I would say, okay, let make sure let me sign this for you because it makes it that much more valuable. Yes. Right. You know. <laughs> and, and so I'm signing, you know, and I just I'm just giving books away to everybody. And I didn't care who I gave it to because I you never knew who it was gonna end up in, whose hands it was gonna end up in or or something, you know, and you know, right. we just get we just gave them away. It's a calling card. It's it's a it's a it's a fantastic marketing piece even today even today and 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 especially today when self-publishing is so much better today yeah and you can you can you can get books faster well designed yeah uh cheaper than i was doing them you know back then um and uh and and you know and i tell and i have lots of lots of uh, friends and people like on you know social media and stuff who talk you know they reach out to me for advice because they say oh i'm I'm self-publishing my book you know um you know i want to you know i want to make sure that i'm making some money off of this i say no you're not no you don't no you yeah. don't 
you know, and, you know, you know, they, they, they're, they're, you know, they say, Oh, I'm going to send you a, a, you know, and I would say, I would say, I'll say to somebody, you know, send me a case of books yeah, and I will give them to my, you know, to people I know. Right. And they'll go, okay, I'll give you a really good deal. I say, yeah, the deal is zero. (laughs) You know, you, you don't charge me for these books. You're not trying to make money off of me. You're yeah. trying to get your book out into as many hands as possible. Right. And even even if you were to buy a case of books and like, oh, we'll give you a discount, like they're gonna they will send you 24 books and they're gonna what make two dollars per book off of yeah. you. So where where does it that's not for anyone listening, this is I mean, this can be a method for fiction authors because there are many, many fiction conferences, writing conferences where you can be a panelist or a speaker and just having a book, a good quality book in the hands of the right person can get you on that panel or on that stage and you can make money. But for non for nonfiction specifically, you have to be willing to part ways with your book for free. You have to realize that like you were saying, it's a business card. It's a, a, a revamped business card. It, it sets you apart from everyone else who does just have you know a business card. And if you get it in front of the right people, you can get yourself in front of the right people from that. And then let just your story, Steve, just going right. through getting on stages. Getting we figured out, we figured out that at, at the very least, at the very, very least, you know, when I would give away a hundred books, I'd get a speech. Right. I mean, and that was, that was, that was a very low expectation. Okay. Yeah. So a hundred books, which cost me $300, you know, to print. All right. And then, and then, okay. So if I, if I'm mailing it to him, it's going to cost me another couple of bucks. So let's say it's five bucks a book. So it's $500 that I'm putting out and, and, but I'm going to, but I'm going to get a speech. Well, even when I was just doing, when I was a medium level speaker, I was, I was getting over $5,000 a speech, you know, and, you know, and then years later, you know, went up over $10,000 a speech. I don't care how many books I give away. Right. Right. <laughs> I will trade $500 for $5,000 every day of the week. Exactly. You know, don't get, don't, you know, don't get those blinders on uh, that say, oh no, I, I, you know, I can't, you know, that that's costing me money. Yeah. It's called marketing. It's called sales. Yeah. It's yes. called, you know, it's what it is. Advertising. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult for for some people, beginning authors, to realize that just getting out of the the headspace where it's all about book sales, book sales, book sales. It can be about book sale or book reviews. That's important for like social proof. But mm-hmm. when it comes to book sales themselves, don't don't concentrate on the one or two dollars that you're going to make on each copy. Think about the bigger picture, like you're saying, the, the consulting gigs that come with it, the speaking gigs. So many different areas. Well, and especially and especially now with the internet, I mean, it's just it's just yeah. nuts now because, uh, um, you know, I'm talking when when my trade show book came out, there was no internet. Yeah. Okay, that was 1990, right? It internet, you know, I I got my first website in 1995. You know, most of the people wow. on here weren't even born in 1995. You, you know, and when when people see that. That my web I got my website in 1995. They go, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. I didn't even know that I didn't even know the internet was there. And I said, no, we didn't call it the internet. It was called the World Wide Web back in 1995, right? And I did, and and there was a company that was like um, Amazon. I mean, not, not like Amazon, uh, AOL, America Online. Uh, there was another company called CompuServe, and I don't know if you you 
are old enough to remember CompuServe, but they were they were the two pioneers, you know, of uh, communities on the internet. And uh, um, and I did CompuServe's very first webinar, uh, um, wow. which was simply me typing in a lesson yeah. for today. And then me and then people <laughs> responding to that with questions and then I would respond. And we did that for five days. Wow. And uh, uh, and that was like that was like the first webinar ever on on CompuServe. I and and, you know, from there, uh, um, you know, and I and because of my background in, you know, with Hollywood and stuff and my dad you know, and stuff, you know, I'm very, very uh, adept at radio and TV and broadcasting and stuff and, and that type of stuff. So even when the Internet started, started, I started doing online programs. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so I've done I've probably done over a thousand you know, um, wow. programs and interviews like this, yeah. you know, in the last 20 years. So, uh, uh, and, and now, now not only do I get to do, you know, have these great interviews with people like you and, and, and help people like your listeners, viewers, uh, uh, cause I'm, I just desperately want to help them. Uh, um, but, but I can also, you know, I'm also getting paid by, you know, these big companies, Yeah, you know, you know, K just you know, Kay just did a big program for Freightliner, for their wow. salespeople. Okay, wow. and there and you know because they read her book. Yeah. Right. And 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 they said, "Cool, do do this for." Her. Well, now that's turning into a series of programs that will probably also turn into a live, uh, um, day long presentation uh, in South Carolina for her early early this year. Yeah. And um, so you see, this stuff all just snowballs. Yep. But it all came from a book. It all came from a book. For both uh, of you. Books are spectacular promotional tools, spectacular promotional tools. Yes. And yeah, so, you know, just just do it, people. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of books being great and being promotional tools and giving away free books, yeah. you have been so kind, and I will put the link inside the show notes here, but you have a free copy of Uncopyable for all the listeners. So thank you for that. Yeah. Also that comes with that. Free PDF. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Free PDF and your uh, stealing genius secrets. So can you tell us a little bit more about stealing genius? Well, okay. Uh, I actually kind of hinted at it um, earlier when I talked about the the guy in the cattle industry who I took an idea from a roller skating. uh, uh, um, I think it was the roller skating area. Um, uh, But anyway, um, when the eight track, was being uh, produced. Uh, my dad and Bill Lear decided to make it in Japan. Now, back in this, this is early '60s. Okay, well, back in the the early '60s, made in Japan was was junk. Okay. It was it was it was crap. So they needed to make sure that they built a quality product. And there was a, there was a consultant working out there uh, in Japan because he couldn't find companies in in the U.S. to hire him, whose name was W. Edwards Deming. And he became the father of the total quality management movement. Now, most people don't have any idea who he is, but he's very famous. He he, he is famous in engineering circles and things like that. Uh, and he's very, very famous in Japan. Uh, they actually have a, an award over there now called the Deming Award and stuff. So uh, uh, so they brought him in to make sure that there was quality built into the 8-track tape player, right? And, and my dad's idea of spending quality time with his, you know, young teenage son was to drag me on trips with him and Bill Lear and Edwards Deming, which was the most painful period of my 
my growth <laughs> uh, being with these three old men. And, you know, but there was one that, you know, and Deming just talked all the time, talked all the time. He's always lecturing, lecturing, yeah. even when we're at dinner, he's lecturing. Right. And there was one thing that he said, he kept saying over and over and over and over again. And, and that was, he said, he said, the problem with most companies, and especially in America, is that they are not imaginative, imaginative. They are not innovative. They don't get, they, they don't create something new. They copy from their competition. That's what they do. They watch the competition and then they copy it and they might try to make it a little bit better, but it's still a copy. And then what does the competition do? Well, they copy it back and they make it a little bit better. Right. And, and, and he said, the, he said, you cannot, you, 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 if all you do is study your own world, right. If, if you are a hotel and you only hang out with hotel people and you only go to hotel conferences and hotel trade shows and you only read hotel trade magazines and stuff like that you're you're only you're going to be like this that's called the box that we all hear about yeah. you know when they say get out of the box yeah that's the box you're in is is the world that you live in right and he right. and he would say no what you need to do is you need to go get into somebody else's box all right mm. so if you're in the hotel world if you're in the cattle industry go jump into the roller skating box yeah. What are they doing in there that is that they're not doing in your box? You go steal that. And I call it, and he called it extrinsic benchmarking. Okay. Uh, and I call it stealing genius. See, I say that if you want really, really great ideas, new yeah. ideas, innovative ideas uh, for your business, and I particularly am looking for things like marketing and branding and that yeah. type of stuff. Um uh, study aliens, study people who are not in your world. Yeah. Go study these other companies. That's why Dis I love Disney so much is because I will, you know, for years, for years, I've taken clients groups. Of, I'll take groups of clients and we go to Disney world and Disney world puts on a program for me now that was designed just for me. Wow. And they take us through Disney World and, and the Disney World property. We go underground in the Magic Kingdom down under underground into the Utilidor. And they explain to us everything that they do to, to uh, uh, manage the, the guest's experience. Okay. And we all heard how experience is such a huge thing. Right? But I've been yeah. preaching. I've been preaching the experience thing for years now. Yeah. for years so we go study the, the disney experience and we say okay what can we steal from disney and take back to to you know if you know if you want to learn about managing the experience go to an apple store walk into it and instead of going in as a customer go yeah. in as an alien who's 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 like what are they doing here what are they doing here yeah like there's one question i ask people all the time everybody's been to an apple store right and and I'll say and even people who are Apple fanatics, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, what is on the wall? Uh, you know, what is not on the walls of an Apple store that is on is everywhere else in all, all the stores, right? There isn't a single word of copy. It's just images. Huh. There is there there are two words on the back wall. Jeez, you know what they are. Genius bar? Is that yeah, it? That's it. Genius bar. Okay. And you notice they don't, they don't, it, it's not called customer service. Yeah. It's genius bar. See? So, see, they're using language. Yeah. Disney uses language. They have cast members, not employees. 
guests, not customers. Starbucks, we had no idea that we didn't know how to order coffee until Starbucks taught right. us how to order coffee. <laughs> right. Right. They, they taught us a new language. Right. So that's, that's, see, that, see, that's some of those things that you start to ask yourself the question. So like with us, you know, you know, we walk the talk, you know, it's not K it's my smoking hot wife. K <laughs> it's in my right. book. When people went, when, when everybody knows her as smoking hot wife, K, <laughs> you know, and her, and her book, you know, uncopy, uncopyable sales, you know, she, she, uh, you know, tells everybody how, I call her muffler mama. Yeah. And so a lot of people call her either my smoking hot wife or yeah. they call her muffler mama. <laughs> right. And, and my title is not CEO. My title is Kelly's dad and marketing gunslinger. Okay? I saw that on your website. You know, yeah. you know and, and uh, you know, and, and, you know, so we are teaching people a language. We teach people don't, we, we don't talk about target markets. We talk about hunting moose. Yeah. When you go to when when you're hunting, if 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 your target market is a moose, well, you go into a forest. Well, there's a thousand other types of animals in there, okay. And the tendency for companies is to to sh to sh shotgun to everybody out there. No, you're just looking for moose. And so our clients talk about moose, hmm. and it it embeds that in their minds. So this is what we yeah. teach people, and that, and and it's called stealing genius. You know, you steal from somewhere else. And you bring it back and you make it your own. I love that. And now and it's our, brand new. Now it's brand new. Yep. Yep. And I, uh, when we spoke with Kay, she told me that she, she has a moose on her, on her wall in her office that she yep. showed us. So it was, yep. it was in the back, it was, it was in the background of her, her thing, you know, and, and she keeps kicking me because I've got this beautiful, uh, moose poster that a, that a client had made, had, had made for me. Wow. And she keeps saying, get that dang thing up on the wall, you know, get it back up there. Right. Yeah. So people can see your moose. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. say, Oh, they can't, they see my blurred book covers back. <laughs> yeah. We can see. But <laughs> So the, Steve, there's so much, I mean, I can see now. Yeah. Love it. I can see why, um, in so much of your speaking, right? And then just in the past five minutes of you speaking and sharing your insight with us, there's just a lot of, of passion in, in what you do. I'm sure that comes through in every one of the books that um, that you've written. I really appreciate you coming on here and talking and and telling us about the importance of the book as a tool. Um, just getting past that idea that like book sales is the most important thing because it's not. It's the the tool that it allows you to you know expand your career your network, so many different things. So thank you for being here. Where where else can people find you other than um, the website that we'll provide and your books and your website? Where else can people find you? Well, LinkedIn, you? you know, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, it I think it's just LinkedIn slash Steve A. Miller. Uh, pretty pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, and uh, just, you know, you know, get on our, get on our list. You know, I mean, if you, you know, when, I mean, you're going to have to give me your email to get my PDF. All right. We all know that. <laughs> so, uh, so in, in, I, th I think between Kay and I, we send out uh, basically an email a week unless, unless we've got a, a program that we're promoting, you know, and then, then you'll hear from us a little more often, uh, you know, but you know, you can always, you know, Un unsubscribe kid you know just breaks my heart but uh, or, or stay in and obviously get a ton of value from all of your experience and, and you know what once once you get on the list you know and we don't have fans we don't have a tribe we don't have you know you we you we call you our bff all right like the it, people yeah. on the people that are 
on our list are our BFFs because we genuinely want to help you succeed. And we want we want you to be be our best friends forever, forever. You know, so you know we're here, we're here to help. Good. So everyone else that's listening and watching, join me in becoming a BFF and go sign up um, on the website that we will see um, the, in the in the show description. So Steve, thank you again so much for being John, here. Great we meeting you. Your time. Yeah, thank anytime. You. Thank you for listening to this episode of Self-Published Success. We encourage you to put the tips and tricks you've discovered in this episode to use in your own author strategy. Please feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on your preferred listening platform. Until next time, continue chasing your vision of authorship success.